Hey, welcome back, Blue Shirts fans. This is John Chick with the Locked On New York Rangers podcast, inviting you guys back to continue our fun-filled off-season series where we basically just take a look at every single player on the New York Rangers, and we discuss all of their respective best-case and worst-case scenarios for the upcoming season. And today, we're going to keep things moving right along. We've already covered the top three lines, or at least what I was projecting to be the Rangers' top three lines a little bit earlier, a couple episodes ago. And today, like I said, just going to keep it rolling right along here with the Rangers' fourth line, or at least what I believe will be the New York Rangers' fourth line to start the season. We will discuss best and worst-case scenarios for all of those players in just a second here. You're locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. And like I said, just going to dive right into it here, not going to waste any time. We are going to look at what I project to be the Rangers' fourth line for opening night, and that will be Kevin Rooney centering Sammy Blay and Ryan Reeves. Obviously, this stuff can change You know, throughout the course of a season. You're going to see lines being shuffled. You'll see guys in and out of the lineup all that good stuff. But I do think there's a very, very good chance, especially since these guys have been playing together in training camp, that this will be the Rangers' fourth line to start the season when the puck drops against the Washington Capitals on opening night. And we'll go ahead and we will start with Sammy Blay, one of the new Rangers from the offseason here. Uh, As far as what he did last year, 36 games played for the St. Louis Blues, a career-high eight goals for Blay. He tied a career-high with seven assists, was an even plus-minus, 103 hits, and 10 block shots. Now, we'll start with the worst-case scenario. That's how we usually do it on here. I want to start with the bad stuff and with the good stuff. Always glass half full, unlocked on New York Rangers. Uh, for Sammy Blay, you know, he's somebody that I think we're all still kind of getting to know a little bit, just kind of figuring out a little bit about him. I think most of us had probably at least heard of him before he came to the Rangers, but now, obviously, you know, he's going to play a big role on this team going forward. He looks pretty much locked and loaded and ready to go on the fourth line on that left wing spot there. I think in a worst case, Blay gets off to something of a slow start this season. And you know how it is with not just with Ranger fans, but really with all hockey fans. A lot of times if there's a struggling veteran in the lineup, somebody who maybe isn't the most dynamic player, there can be some clamoring for, you know, whatever team you root for. But in this case, the Rangers to promote somebody from the AHL that, you know, was a high draft pick or, you know, whatever it might be, maybe uh, make the veteran player a healthy scratch in favor of somebody with a little bit more upside. I think in a worst case scenario, look, there's always a little bit of a transition period, no matter who you are, no matter what your skill set is, when you go to a new team. And in a worst case scenario, maybe Blay uh, struggles to adapt a little bit and just gets off to a little bit of a slow start with his uh, with his new team. And then that can lead to, obviously, Ranger fans potentially calling for you know him to be scratched, for somebody else to you know take his spot in the opening in, in the lineup. And you know, the Rangers have a lot of young players in the pipeline that I think a lot of people are excited to see. And if Sammy Blay does not get off to a good start, if he's out there for a couple of goals against early, uh, whatever it might be, if he's just not making a positive impact on the Rangers, there could be a situation where there begins to be some clamoring uh, from Ranger fans to see, you know, one of the young players either make his debut or get back into the lineup after maybe just a handful of games uh, in this past season. So uh, something else that I think could happen if, if he's ineffective, if he gets off to a little bit of a rough start, is that all of us Ranger fans who maybe, to begin with, were not enamored with the trade 
that brought Sammy Blay to the New York Rangers. Uh, you know, maybe everybody starts to get a little bit more upset about that. The fact that Pavel Buchnevich is no longer on the New York Rangers. Of course, Buchnevich went to St. Louis in exchange for Blay and a second round pick. And if Blay struggles, you know, those cries about, oh, this was such a bad trade, this, that, and the other thing, uh, that could only kind of increase from Ranger fans. And Blay, you know, I, I don't think Ranger fans would do this, but it's possible he begins to uh, to hear it from the fans a little bit because Pavel Buchnevich was becoming a very popular player. He was coming off of a career season. It took some time for him to get going at the NHL level. And of course, inconsistency is something that kind of plagued Buchnevich throughout his tenure as a New York Ranger, but he was improving. And I think by the end of his, you know, his run here with the Rangers, he had become a very popular player. And I know there were a lot of Ranger fans that were really upset to see him go, uh, did not agree with this trade. Like I've said all along, I do think it was kind of a necessary evil because if you re-sign Buchnevich at almost $6 million a year, that kind of handcuffs you in terms of what you can do down the stretch. So the Rangers, they did what they did, but I think if Blay gets off to a, a rough start that, you know, Ranger fans are, are going to be uh, even more upset about the trade that sent Pavel Buchnevich to the St. Louis Blues. Uh, that's pretty much it as far as worst case scenarios for Blay. He's somebody that would certainly seem to have a pretty safe floor. He's one of those guys that you pretty pretty much know what you're getting um, night in and night out, you know, size, strength, toughness, that kind of stuff doesn't really slump. And so that kind of leads me pretty nicely into the best case scenario for Sammy Blay. I think in a best case, he really gels on that fourth line with Kevin Rooney and Ryan Reeves. That that line has the potential to be a lot of fun to watch this season. You know they're going to play big. They're going to play physical. And in a best case scenario, Blay and company will kind of be tone setters. And they can be real difference makers for this New York Ranger team. Uh, size, strength, toughness, that's all some... That's all things that the Rangers have kind of lacked in recent seasons. And so, you know, Blay has a chance to really kind of uh, help them fill the void there and, um, you know, be part of a fourth line that, that can really set a tone for this New York Ranger team. I think also in a best case scenario, look, Sammy Blay is a Stanley Cup champion. And I know that he was not exactly the superstar, that St. Louis Blues team that went all the way and ultimately hoisted Lord Stanley's Cup. But you guys know as well as I do, there's no way to hide your players in the NHL. This isn't you know, basketball in the NBA where, you know, your 12th and 13th guys barely even see the court. It's not football where, you know, certain guys only play special teams and it's not baseball where certain players uh, may not really play at all. There's no two ways about it. When a team wins a Stanley Cup, every single player on that roster, every single guy who skates touched the ice during the postseason contributes in one way or another. And I've been saying, I really want the Rangers to have, you know, at least a Stanley Cup champion or two on this team. They now have a couple of Stanley Cup champions between Goudreau and Blay. And with Blay, you know, again, he played a big part in that St. Louis team that went all the way, uh, added a little bit of physicality to complement some of their skill players. And I think he's somebody that can kind of lead the way for the Rangers in the postseason. If the Rangers make the playoffs this year, that fourth line is going to have a big hand uh, in determining how far they go because you do have to play big and tough and physical in the playoff series. It was a very small sample size, but you guys remember the return to play uh, postseason during the COVID year. You know, the Rangers... It's not like they got blown out against the Hurricanes, but they got swept out of the playoffs in the best of five. And it just felt like the Canes, because of their size and strength advantage, were kind of dictating terms to the Rangers throughout the duration of that entire playoff series. And I think the Rangers, you know, with this fourth line, of which Sammy Blay will play a huge role in, I think they have a chance to kind of flip the script on that, depending on who they play in the playoffs this year, if they get in. But he's somebody that I think has a real chance to be an impact player in the postseason. I think also in a best case scenario for Sammy Blay, 
he's somebody that brings a little bit of versatility to the Rangers. You know, we've talked about on this podcast, certain guys who you could move up and down the lineup pretty seamlessly that have been here over the past couple of seasons. Uh, Jesper Foss certainly springs to mind. I think Vitaly Krausov, we saw him do that a little bit this past season as well. He was only out there for 20 games, but you guys saw how they kind of moved him up and down the lineup pretty freely. I didn't realize this until just recently, but Sammy Blay for a time on the St. Louis Blues was actually on their top line alongside David Perron and Ryan O'Reilly. So obviously the coaching staff there thought highly enough of him to place him in a top line role. And that was the year after the Blues had won the Stanley Cup. So that says a lot. And Blay, listen, I don't want him out there on the first line on opening night, but it's nice to know that we've got somebody that if there's injuries, if there's ineffectiveness, if the team just needs a shakeup of some kind, that you can move Blay up and down the lineup a little bit and uh, you know he won't be lost out there. Um, I think also in a best case, Sammy can add a little bit of offense to his game. Uh, we talked about how he set career high in just about everything this past season in points. And listen, I'm not looking for enormous offensive contributions from this fourth line. I think, you know, you look at guys like Sammy Blay and Kevin Rooney and Ryan Reeves, they're out there to be physical and to establish a tone. But I do think Sammy Blay, it's at least possible that he sets new career highs across the board as far as offense is concerned as well. He did it this past season. Kevin Rooney also did it this past season. More on that in a second as well. But something with Sammy Blay, he has a heck of a shot, especially his slap shots. So don't be surprised if we get at least a little bit more offense from this fourth line than maybe some of us are currently expecting. Again, they're not going to be world beaters. It's not going to be a point per game type of line. They're not going to stuff the score sheet every single night, but I think there's a little bit more offense there than some people might realize. And that could be nice as well. I mean, his biggest calling card, Sammy Blay, is the physicality and the toughness and the strength, but there could be a little bit of offense there as well. We will see what happens there. But like we talked about just a second ago, the size, the strength, the physicality, that stuff tends not to slump. And in a best case scenario for Sammy Blay, uh, he delivers that stuff in spades, night in and night out, and helps this New York Ranger team establish a tone. And it brings a new um, area that the Rangers have lacked in recent seasons, that physicality, that strength, that toughness, and even the willingness to fight. So we'll see how it goes. But I think Sammy Blay, uh, in a best case scenario, that's what he's bringing to the table and somebody who would seem to have a pretty safe floor for this New York Ranger team. Somebody that you know what you're getting when you bring in a Sammy Blay. And we'll continue talking about the best case and worst case scenario for this fourth line of the New York Rangers in just a second. But first, I want to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. Why under pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And wait, while the person behind the counter orders the parts on his or her computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse just so happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could possibly need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even a new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to their rock, excuse me, go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. rockauto.com. 
Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is also brought to you by DirecTV. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It is called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch all your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there is no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. And like I said, we will keep this thing kind of moving right along here. And we'll go right to the center. Move right across the fourth line here. Left, center, right. We'll go to the center. That's going to be Kevin Rooney. Solid season for the Rangers this past season, especially when you consider he was somebody that was at least partially brought in just to be expansion draft fodder. And of course, the Rangers ended up protecting him. More on that in a second as well. But Kevin Rooney last season, career high, 54 games, a career high, eight goals, a career high, six assists. He was an even plus minus. He had a career high, 110 hits, a career high, 35 block shots, and he had a 45% success rate in the face-off circle. Worst case scenario for Kevin Rooney. And again, kind of like Blay, I think this is somebody who has a fairly safe floor. You pretty much know what you're getting when you uh, roll with a Kevin Rooney. But I think in a worst case scenario, there could be some games this season where he finds himself a healthy scratch. I think that was actually kind of the plan going into this past season. And in fact, Rooney was a healthy scratch once or twice at the start of last year. But he played well enough that he stuck in the lineup and ended up playing four, excuse me, 54 out of a possible 56 games. And... You know, basically just never looked back, got his spot in the roster, got his spot in the lineup and took the bull by the horns and played well enough, was an effective enough player to retain his spot for the duration of the entire season. But it must be said, there are some young players on the Rangers. You guys are very well aware of this. They're going to try to force their way into the Ranger lineup. Obviously, training camp is ongoing. We've got the, uh, well, by the, by the time you're hearing this, the Rangers will have played their first preseason game. As I'm recording it, it's going to be happening later today on Sunday, but you know, there's a lot of guys gunning for his spot. There's a lot of guys gunning to try to be in that opening night lineup. And I think in a worst case for uh, for Kevin Rooney, there could be a situation where he's kind of just squeezed out of the lineup. You know, somebody like Morgan Barron just takes his spot. Uh, we saw Barron play in five games for the New York Rangers this past season, scored his first goal. Uh, but in a worst case scenario, I, uh, for Rooney at least, uh, Barron would basically just take his job. And Barron is someone who, you know, despite being just a six-rounder in 2017, he has seen his stock increase in recent seasons with the New York Ranger franchise. And you've got to figure that the Rangers, you know, if they're thinking long-term, they see a lot more long-term potential in they do in Morgan Barron than they do in Kevin Rooney. Because, I mean, first of all, you got the age. Barron is just 22 years old. Kevin Rooney is 28. And again, Morgan Barron is somebody who's really impressed the Rangers in his short time with this franchise. So I think, you know, in due time, whether it happens to start the season, whether it happens in the middle of the season, or maybe Rooney holds off Morgan Barron for the entire season and Kevin Rooney is the fourth line center for all 82 games and hopefully into the playoffs as well. We'll see how that goes. But I think sooner or later, the writing is on the wall here. Uh, Rooney is an unrestricted free agent when this season ends. I think sooner or later, it's pretty much inevitable that one of these young New York Ranger players is going to squeeze him out of the lineup. It's just kind of a question of when it happens. 
given that Rooney is a UFA at the end of the season, I don't think the Rangers end up re-signing him. That's just kind of a gut feeling. I mean, I guess it's possible that he could be back on a team-friendly one-year deal if you feel like some of your young guys aren't ready to go yet. But I think Rooney, he's just not long for the Rangers. And I, I hate to say that because I think he did a really nice job for this team uh, this past season. And we'll get to all the good stuff in just a second. But one other thing in a worst-case scenario, there was a lot of debate among all of us Ranger fans, uh, you know, this past, well, really the whole offseason because we had the Seattle expansion draft. And, of course, there was a lot of deliberation. Well, who should be the Ranger last four that they that they protect. And there was some love for Kevin Rooney. There was some love for Colin Blackwell. There was maybe even a little bit of love for Julian Gauthier. I was kind of in the Gauthier camp just because I think if one of those three players becomes a true superstar, it would be Gauthier. I realize that hasn't exactly happened yet, but I just think there's uh, more of a ceiling with him than with those other two players. But the Rangers ultimately, bottom line, they chose to protect Kevin Rooney. And then the Kraken in the expansion draft took Colin Blackwell. If Rooney scuffles this season or what I just said, comes to fruition where, you know, he kind of just ends up being squeezed out of the Ranger roster, then I think a lot of Ranger fans, and, you know, you can include me in this maybe a little bit as well, although I, I do like the decision to protect Kevin Rooney, but a lot of people are going to be saying, oh man, we should have protected Colin Blackwell. We should have protected Colin Blackwell, especially if Blackwell, you know, ends up having a nice season for himself for the Seattle Kraken. So yeah, I mean, it, it's a situation where, you know, we talked about the expansion draft decisions that the Rangers were going to have to make going into the expansion draft. I'm not going to talk too extensively about it, but if Rooney scuffles or if he's not even in the lineup for a whole lot this season and Colin Blackwell goes off with the Kraken, yeah, I think some of us might end up regretting that. But let's turn our attention to the best case scenario because this is the fun stuff here. I think first and foremost in a best case scenario for Kevin Rooney is he brings his penalty killing to the table. I think that's the thing that he can use to solidify his spot in the lineup. He's going to have to earn his spot in the lineup every single night all over again, especially when you consider the fact that there is a new coaching staff in place. But, you know, the Rangers last season ranked 10th in the league in penalty killing. They killed 82.3% of the power plays against them. Once again, 10th in the league. Uh, Kevin Rooney certainly did not do that alone, but he had a pretty big hand in that. He was out there for a lot of minutes when the Rangers were shorthanded, really did a nice job and uh, helped the Rangers be in the top third in the league as far as the penalty kill is concerned. And that's very valuable. You know, there's, I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but think back to Brett Howden, okay, right? So Howden, it obviously didn't work out with the Rangers. We know that. He's gone now. All the best to him with the uh, Vegas Knights. We'll, we'll see what happens there. But Brett Howden, over these past couple of seasons, over David Quinn, the reason why he's stuck in the lineup night in and night out is certainly wasn't for his offensive fireworks. It was for his ability to kill penalties, and he did very well with that. And so if somebody like Brett Howden can keep his spot in the lineup due to his ability to kill penalties, then I think certainly Kevin Rooney can do it as well. Teams value that. You have to have a good penalty kill. You'd have to look long and hard, I think, to uh, find a recent Stanley Cup champion that had a really lousy penalty kill. It's something that is kind of a staple of all good teams. And if Kevin Rooney can go out there and bring on the PK and the Rangers are, you know, top 10, top eight, top five in the PK next season, and he's doing his role there, then I think he has a good chance to stick in the lineup and still be a very valuable member of this New York Ranger team. We will see how that goes. But obviously, I think uh, Rooney, the biggest thing, one of the biggest things that he brings to the table for this New York Ranger team is his ability to kill penalties. And I think in a best case, look, it goes back to what I said about Sammy Blay. I'm not expecting this fourth line to be world beaters, to stuff the score sheet every single night, but I think it's certainly within reach that Kevin Rooney can once again, as he did this past season, set new career highs across the board in goals, in assists, in pretty much everything. Because once again, coming off a season where 
He set new career highs, and he did it in just 54 games. So I think it's at least possible, you know, maybe we get a little bit of offense out of Sammy Blay and Kevin Rooney, and, uh, you know, they exceed expectations in that area. Uh, but we will uh, continue to talk about the fourth line in just a second here. We'll wrap everything up with Ryan Reeves and talk about the best case and worst case scenario for him. But first, I just want to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by betonline.ag. We are back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back to start another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Do not forget to use promo code NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet all your sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And so, like I said, let's go ahead and kind of wrap up for the day and, and conclude the uh, section on the best and worst case scenario for all New York Ranger forwards with uh, the guy who's kind of become the man of the hour, somebody who's already become a, a pretty popular player in training camp and somebody that I think Ranger fans are really going to like. We'll get to all that stuff in a second. But I am, of course, talking about Ryan Reeves, who I believe at 34 years old is the oldest player on the New York Rangers. I would have to double check that and go through the roster, but I can't imagine anybody is, uh, is older than Ryan Reeves. Uh, but he's going into his 12th season in the league. Last season with the Vegas Golden Knights, played 37 games, one goal, four assists. He had an even plus minus. So that's interesting too. I, I'm pretty sure, yeah, all three New York Ranger fourth line forwards had an even plus minus last season. So make of that what you will. Just kind of an oddball stat there. Um, but yeah, I mean, 141 hits, which is obviously Reeves' calling card. Uh, 15 block shots, 27 penalty minutes, which is actually not a lot for Ryan Reeves. 27 penalty minutes in 37 games. Worst case scenario, I think we have to be fair here. Uh, a lot of us Ranger Fans, myself certainly included, we have had quite a bit to say about Tom Wilson ever since, I mean, probably even before everything that happened with the New York Rangers this past season, but certainly afterward. And, you know, a lot of Ranger fans want to see him get his comeuppance and all that good stuff. We have to be fair here because Ryan Reeves, and I talked about this when he first came to the Rangers, he's had some very questionable moments of his own. He's had to face discipline from the league, suspensions, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, we have to be fair and at least acknowledge that. But the Rangers, you know, like we talked about, they were on a crusade to make this team bigger, tougher, stronger, nastier, use whatever adjective you want to use. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's that was kind of the Rangers' MO this offseason. And they certainly did that bringing in a player uh, like Ryan Reeves. I'm not going to go through every single one of his uh, disciplines that he's had since being in the NHL, because like I said, we already did that. We don't need to rehash it. But I think in a worst-case scenario, Ryan Reeves could get himself into a situation where he just kind of takes things too far. Uh, for lack of a better term, you know, he's kind of out of control in certain instances, in certain games, and he ends up, you know, getting himself suspended, taking dumb penalties, putting the Rangers uh, shorthanded for five minutes at a time if there's a situation where he gets a game misconduct or anything like that. Um, you know, I, again, like I said, I think Ryan Reeves has a chance to be a very popular member of this Ranger team, but I don't think fans are going to be too happy if there's a scenario this season where, you know, say the Rangers have lost four out of their last five games and then just a couple of minutes into their next game, Ryan Reeves is out there and he's attacking somebody and, you know, putting himself in the penalty box and, you know, giving the other team uh, a chance on the power play to uh, a chance to take an early lead. I don't think that's going to fly with New York Ranger fans. Um, 
And another worst case scenario, he takes too many penalties. I mean, he tends to have a lot of penalty minutes. I realize part of that is the fighting because obviously that's five minutes a pop and that tends to kind of, you know, accumulate as the season goes on when you've got an old school enforcer like Ryan Reeves. But, uh, you know, we don't want to, we don't want this to turn into the Ryan Reeves show to the detriment of the New York Rangers. I, I think that's the best way that I can put that. Uh, again, he's somebody that I think is going to be very entertaining to watch and very popular, but he's got to keep it within reason. He can't lose control of his emotions out there and, and put the Rangers in a, you know, a not so good situation. But I think, you know, again, like a lot of these fourth line players, very safe floor, maybe a little bit of a limited ceiling as well. I think that's pretty much it as far as worst case scenarios are concerned. I think in a best case scenario, you know, Reeves, has a chance to be a tone setter for this team, as does this entire fourth line. He's somebody that, you know, despite not having a lot of points, not scoring a lot of goals, not getting on the score sheet all that often, he tends to uh, leave his fingerprints on games that he plays in. And so I think he has a chance to do that with the New York Rangers, as he has, you know, with the Knights and every other stop in his NHL career. I think also in a best-case scenario, and this is somewhat ironic, some of the best things that are going to happen with Ryan Reeves on this team is the things that will not happen when Ryan Reeves is on this team. And let me explain what I mean by that. So we saw this past season, the Rangers, everything that happened with Tom Wilson, they were completely ill-equipped to deal with it. Uh, Brennan Smith was basically the only person on the New York Ranger team that you could even possibly conceive would fight Tom Wilson, which he did. And, and props to Brennan Smith for doing that in the second of those two games there. But I think now that the Rangers have made this team tougher, more physical, nastier, they're going to be able to keep teams in check. And the Tom Wilsons of the world, the Cal Clutterbucks of the world, guys like that, they're going to be a lot more hesitant to take runs at the Rangers star players than they would be if guys like Ryan Reeves and even, you know, Sammy Blade to a lesser extent as well, and Jared Tenorti when he's ever out there, but especially Ryan Reeves. They're going to be a lot more hesitant to basically pull crap like that than they would be if Ryan Reeves was not here. And I think Reeves, he can be a little bit of a guardian angel for this team, a little bit of a big brother type. But, you know, again, if you have a situation where the Rangers are playing the Capitals, the Flyers, the Islanders, any of those, you know, teams that likes to try to punk out the Rangers, try to push them around a little bit, you know, the Bruins come to mind there. These guys are going to think twice. And so Reeves will impact the game in ways that we won't even see. Because, again, if you act up and you take a run at one of the Rangers star players, you got to figure sooner or later Ryan Reeves is coming after you. And I don't think uh, a lot of players in the NHL want to have to deal with that because he's one of the premier fighters, premier tough guys in this league. And in a best-case scenario, I think this is the one you guys have all been waiting for. In a best-case scenario, Ryan Reeves kicks Tom Wilson's ass next season, preferably more than once. Uh, this is the guy who uh, once called himself the solution to your Tom Wilson problem, and I think he will continue to be that. It's not just Tom Wilson. Ryan Reeves said as much. In fact, I might as well read you this quote. I was going to save it for later, but uh, this is what Reeves said, you know, talking about you know how he came to the New York Rangers, what he can bring to the table, all that good stuff. This is what he had to say about the entire situation. I'm not here because of Tom Wilson. I'm here because of players like like Tom Wilson brings to his team and what Cal Clutterbuck and Matt Martin bring to their team. It doesn't matter who the player is, what team it is, whether we're out east or out west, I'm holding everybody accountable. It doesn't matter what happened last season. Doesn't matter what happened 10 years ago. It's what happens this season. And everybody is going to be held accountable when they go up against our team. And so, you know, reading that quote, and I'm, I'm sure just about everybody who heard that likes what they heard. You see where I'm coming from, where I can tell you that he has a very good chance to become a very, very popular player for the Rangers, kind of being in that big brother role. And speaking of the big brother role, uh, there was a, a kind of a funny clip where 
you know, he was, um, it was during Ranger practice and he had Vitaly Krausov off to the side and you could tell he was kind of teaching him some, te some techniques about how to fight and how to defend himself if a fight ever occurs. And, you know, I saw somebody, one of the Ranger reporters posted this video. I think it might've been Molly Walker. I'd have to double check that. But, you know, you see comments below the video and you see, you know, certain Ranger fans, not all of them, but certain Ranger fans who are saying, oh, this is just fantastic. We're going to turn, you know, our first round draft pick into a goon. That's what the Rangers are trying to do. You're missing the point. Okay. The reason Ryan Reese is doing that is because he wants Vitaly Krasov to be able to protect himself if he ever has to fight. Look, it's hard to go through your entire NHL career without getting into a fight, at least one. I mean, sooner or later, something is going to happen and uh, you're going to be forced to defend yourself. And I think, you know, something like this happened a couple of seasons ago, or it might have even been last season, where Brian Lemieux was showing Capo Caco how to fight. And I think Lemieux, when he was when he was asked about that, hit the nail on the, on the head where there's a certain amount of confidence that comes with knowing that you can protect yourself if the occasion calls for it. And I think that's what Ryan Reeves was doing there. And to me, that's awesome. You know, Reeves is about, geez, he's probably about 13 or 14 years older than Krausoff. And for him to kind of play the big brother role and show him how to fight, how to protect himself, you know, Krausoff, I think that can only help him increase his confidence going forward. So we'll, we'll see how that all shakes out. But, you know, Reeves, he's been an open book. He is somebody who, again, I think is kind of embracing that big brother role. And I'll take it a step further. So Reeves, obviously, he's been very honest, very open with his answers to the media in the early goings of training camp here. I think there's a little bit of a method to this as well. There's a little bit of strategy behind it where, you know, there's a lot of New York Ranger young players on this team who have tremendous expectations to perform this season. Your Kakos, your Lafreniere's, and to a lesser extent, your Kraftsoffs and your Heatles. I think Ryan Reeves, by being that guy who's going to give every reporter, you know, a good soundbite, a good quote, uh, somebody who's always willing to, to face the music and talk to the media. Obviously, he's a veteran player. He knows how to deal with the media. I think the more he does this, the less attention falls on Kako and Lafreniere and guys like that. And of course, listen, there's still going to be tremendous expectations and to a lesser extent, some pressure on Kako and Lafreniere to perform this season. But the more attention that Ryan Reeves can kind of bring on himself and the more he can get the reporters to kind of uh, gravitate to him, the less that... Kako and Lafreniere and players like that have to deal with that. So I think there's there's even a little bit of strategy behind this. It's not all just, hey, look at me, Ryan Reeves, da 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 da, da. I think there's actually a little bit of a method to the madness here. So, yeah, I mean, that pretty much covers the fourth line, best case and worst case scenarios. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing this line in action. Obviously, two of the guys are new to the team this season, but a line that really has a chance, I think in general, to uh, really set a tone for the New York Rangers this season. Uh, that's going to pretty much do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And one last little bit of news here that I wanted to uh, mention at the end. The New York Rangers, they had 60 players in training camp. They have... Uh, now whittled it down to 47. 13 players have either gone to the Wolfpack or to their respective junior team. The players that go to their junior team are Grub, Korzak, Veerling, Garand, and Boyko. The players that have been assigned to the Wolfpack are Whelan, O'Leary, Elmer, Kodorenko, Sanchez, Brazola, Skinner, and Gutari. So, yeah, obviously uh, this process will continue throughout the preseason and the training camp here. Uh, but yes, that will do it for today, guys. Once again, thanks so much for tuning in, and I will see you next time.